KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center on Olive, one mile west of 141. Now, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. And good morning, good Saturday. Good days to you ahead as we go into the fall. Beautiful weather, my goodness. Uh, uh, leaves will soon be upon us, I know that, but the uh, changing light in the day, I can see a few of the trees uh, hinting just a little bit, and we have two full hours of home improvement question and answer, all the topics around you, your home, your buildings, health, safety, and security, because this is the place we spend our time uh, now as much as ever, because now sometimes we're working at home, we're uh, going to school at home, educating as well as exercising, sometimes socializing. Oh my goodness, all the things have now come back home and now it's up to us to make sure these areas, these buildings, these environments remain healthy, strong, and safe, enriching us in our lives or not because uh, frankly, If you don't really pay attention to something, it will pay attention to you. So it's the old adage, manage or be managed. If you manage your home and you arrange it and think about it, plan and improve it for it to serve you, your family, health, safety, security, then it's a great thing. If not, you wind up stumbling over that doorstop that kind of gets in your way, turning on the faucet that doesn't work locking the oh the door does deadbolt doesn't slide adjusting that oh the wind blows under the threshold and around the weather strip all those things that affect whether you are comfortable safe and secure in your home Uh, some of the things we're going to talk about today we've got a uh, remodeling seminar coming up here and this is October 15th middle of the month the great debate tub versus walk-in shower should I have a tub or should I have a walk-in shower? How does that affect the future of my life, my guests, and my bathing practices on self-care? So that's going to be at 3 o'clock. It is a Facebook Live event, Facebook Live event. Uh, so we have so much to talk about all on the CAMOX phone lines. Here you go. These are the numbers. You know them. 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900. Toll free 800-925-1120. 800-925-1120. Some of the topics that are on the callmosby.com website, uh, the articles and things you can search for. Uh, some of the go-to topics I'll explain in the next two hours. A shower bench. You know, should I do a shower bench? Uh, Five reasons to look at a shower bench or not. Also, the ergonomics of kitchen design. Are you left-handed, right-handed? How do you deal with that, and how does that affect a designer's point of view uh, as far as countertop heights, lighting, task lighting, general lighting, countertop, countertop color, contrast between the floor, the countertop, and the cabinets. How do you go about choosing those colors? So all of that is the ergonomics of kitchen design, some great photos that will support some of those topics. Uh, And then, should I remodel my home or move? 
stay or go. Uh, those topics that really get into the decision, uh, most of it revolving around family and faith, uh, whether you really want to be close to the synagogue, the church, that neighborhood that really supports you, your lifestyle, and your spiritual health, as well as the family, family care, babysitting, grandma, grandpa, the kids knowing, or you being part of your grandchildren's lives. My name is Scott Mosby. We have two hours today. Uh, I own Mosby Building Arts. We are in our 72nd year, uh, 1947, or uh, maybe 73rd, I think it is. I lose track. It's been a long time since 1947. I wasn't alive that long. My father founded the company, and we have evolved into uh, um, a full-service design-build company, so we are as much an architect and design firm as we are a construction firm. So we are vertically integrated, which means we have a whole bunch of those trades on staff, plumbers, electricians, painters, carpenters, finishers, cabinet installers, as well as certified kitchen and bath design. Basically, if you were going to build a company that minimizes the frustration of remodeling, this is it. There's no magical um, vision of a business. It was just anything that didn't work in our industry is a part of the business we went into. Uh, and some of that is, uh, you know, because of the small nature time constraints of remodeling. You know, you open up a wall when you're removing uh, a wall between a kitchen and a family room. Lo and behold, there's a structural column there or a big plumbing stack that doesn't make any sense of why it's there or a load-bearing space, a gas pipe, any of the things that surprise. Well, when you have all the trades in one company, you make a phone call, you go around with the FaceTime thing on Zoom, and you show, you know, your coworker what it looks like. We come up with a game plan, and by the end of that day, we know what we're going to do with it uh, and who we need to bring in because all those parts are part of the company. Anyway, those are the things that talk, uh, 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 drive the talk, the conversations around KMOX here. I'm a great generalist. I don't know a whole lot about a little. I know a little bit about a lot. 314-436-7900 here on X and 800-925-1120. With the weather upon us, it's chilling off just a little. I warned the old man winter's just around the corner, but oh man, what a beautiful time of the year. I mean, sleeping with the windows open, maybe extra cover. Oh yeah, well, with it comes the rain. It's a changing season, so you know, we're in a river valley. It is what it is. Again, we can talk about that. And humidity is part of what we deal with. And in these changing seasons, believe it or not, spring and fall, when it's the nicest to live, uh, we really don't deal too much with condensation, moisture, humidity, that feeling of close that we all know in the summer when it's 90% humidity and 90 degrees, it's, uh, you know, it's hot and steamy. Not so now. Oh, yeah, this is the other side of the coin. Uh, so again, keep in mind, uh, I have a lot of people keeping me updated on topics, products, methods, uh, certain things in our industry that continue to move ahead. Uh, I will tell you uh, one of the more surprising things uh, or and persistently surprising things is product availability, product availability, building materials. Granted, you all know about the uh, lumber um, cost of lumber doubling more than 
you know, more than 100% in the last four or five months. And, uh, you know, so that's a cause for concern, especially more in the new home builders, because that's an enormous part of the budget is the lumber for framing. Uh, that, as well as the international nature of appliances. Any of you have, you know, German or uh, offshore appliance manufacturers that we use in kitchen remodeling. We do a ton of kitchen remodeling at Mosby Building Arts. Most of our projects involve some sort of a of a kitchen or kitchen uh, change or bathroom as it is. Uh, and likewise, those things are important to stay on top of. But, you know, what used to take four weeks to get you know, on, you know, maybe a Thermador, a Bosch, uh, perhaps Gaggenau. Uh, you get into some of those lines that, you know, used to take four weeks to get an oven. Now it might be eight or nine uh, because they come from offshore. And the international nature and the COVID um, lack of manufacture sometimes means that we're waiting a bit. So if you're thinking of getting into some sort of a project or a modeling project that involves design, and appliances. Uh, even American-made Whirlpool appliances, if you ever gone out just to buy a regular refrigerator, you know, typical fridge, you know, not too many choices, and you'd be surprised how rare they are. So keep that in mind when you're going into that. If you think you're going to do something in the next six months, the time to start is right now. And if you're thinking about the holidays, uh, you know, Christmas, the end of the year, New Year's, my golly, uh, please, please get started early because it's important. Um, we have fireworks politically, my gosh. We've got a lot of things happening in our world. May we live in interesting times. I would propose that we certainly are. So uh, let's stay tuned talk about our homes. Go to something simpler about remodeling the home. Do I stay? Do I go? What are the various differences between a uh, contractor, whether it's a one- or two-man operation, somebody that has design on board, a whole bunch of people or not. You know, what are the advantages and disadvantages of each of those firms? 314-436-7900, toll-free 800-925-1120. I know with this beautiful weather and the rain coming here, some of you already under the raindrops, uh, maybe we can talk about some things here on CAMWEX. 314-436-7900 and toll-free 800-925-1120. The topic of today is you. 314-436-7900. Scott Mosby, Cam Wex, we are both at your service. Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show, presented by Suburban Leisure Center on Olive, one mile west of 141. Now, once again, your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, back together, hour one. We have two full hours today. Stay tuned, more things happening. A little tough to take it on the chin last night with the St. Louis Cardinals. Youch, man, we made it to the postseason. Oh, no, maybe not. Uh, phone lines, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120 here. Uh, you know, sitting in this room by myself, give me a call. I'm getting just a little bit lonely here with my friend Alex, Alex Muskoff. He's my producer. Call in, say hello to Alex Give them your topic for the uh, question, and we'll load you up, get you on the uh, radio. Let Just like Judy, my first caller. Judy, good morning. Welcome to CAMWAX, my dear. How may I help? Hi. Thanks for taking my call. I have yes. been planning to remodel my master bathroom for about a year and a half or more. I've already done the kitchen, and I know how that can extend if you don't plan well. So I... My question, I guess, is twofold. One, am I correct in my thinking that if I were to order an 
have on hand, obviously start with the plan first, and then have on hand everything that I plan to use in that bathroom, tile, floors, whatever, before starting the project that I would be likely to reduce the time it would take to do the project. Absolutely, Judy. Uh, you know, uh, you know, plan the work and work the plan. Uh, so the only way to really know what you need to order is to have a plan. Once you pick a cooktop, then you figure out, well, what's the venting type? Okay, well, is that going to be a pop-up coming out of the countertop or down from the cell? Oh, we need to then move the ductwork up in the ceiling if we do that or plan for, you know, just so knowing what you're doing is critical to making a list of what needs to be purchased and ordered and frankly uh, you know that's we at Mosby have a pretty good sized warehouse for just that reason so that we take delivery on products and we stage things in bays for jobs for just that reason now there's no guarantee because you know right now what we're hearing from suppliers is yes that's due in November 2nd well then about October 28th comes around you know a few days before they say well they pushed that off until early December and then sometimes with some some of our audio visual like stereo TV uh, home automation some of that stuff's like we don't even know when it's coming in because it comes from you know China or or Japan so uh, absolutely the more you can get on hand for sure Judy the more uh, confidence you have and the more control so frankly this is all about controlling your destiny if you have the stuff and you have to open it up and check it so having it in a box is different than checking it to make sure, number one, you got the right product, you got the right color and finish, uh, and indeed it's not damaged in shipment. So there's more to it than just having it. But absolutely, I would go uh, cabinets generally are made in America, so they're one of the more reliable pieces of a kitchen, Judy. So I would go to appliances, um, get into stones. Stones come from Italy, China, you know, South America. So I would get any kind of granite and uh, onyx and products like that that are uh, mined from offshore in in town, at least. So here's the, he is all about being agreeable to do this. But he's a business. He runs a business, and he just doesn't deal well with things not going smoothly and dragging on. Plus, he doesn't feel well. Isn't thrilled about giving up his master bedroom to do this project. Oh yeah. So, primary thing is that once we start, we get it done and get it over with. And my goal is to accomplish that uh, with my kitchen remodel, which I would not do the same thing again. Um, there were switches, and it was a small cabinet glitch, but it held up everything. And yeah. then it held up over the holidays, and you know, and it, so what should, should it, it took twice as long. So I'm trying to think of everything ahead of time. And then is it possible to work out a contract, for example, with Mosby, whereby we do that and we agree that we will start the project at some point after everything is here? Oh, sure. Absolutely. We do that quite often. The issue is, is it delays the start uh, tremendously. Uh, So uh, sometimes, you know, we're 
two months into waiting for whatever that wood floor finish is or the light, you know, and then how many things are you willing to have late? Light fixtures uh, and carpeting sometimes can be hard. Uh, light fixtures generally come from abroad. Carpeting is made in the U.S., so it's a little more reliable. The point being that perfection is uh, when you're dealing with hundreds and thousands of parts you have to make a decision on the risk as a homeowner and the contractor of, okay, let's go ahead and order the light fixtures, but is it okay if we go ahead and start if we don't have the light fixtures at the end? Because this, you know, and again, if you're buying, you know, a pretty uh, simple light fixture, reliability is high. If you're buying a designer quality light fixture, then, you know, all bets are off because, you know, they may only make that one light fixture once when the order comes in. You see what I mean? Well, one of the things I ran into uh, starting when I did was that I was starting with, um, I must have been at the end of the marketing year. So they were there were a lot of things that wound up being discontinued, but you really couldn't find the available things until after market was over. Does right. that affect the time that, I'm, I'm trying to consolidate this into a smaller time and a reduce uh, frustration for him as possible. Yeah, I, I promise, Judy, this will be a frustrating time to remodel at, <laughs> at best. It just is. Uh, I mean, remodeling is uh, trying to herd the cats all in the same direction toward a common and agreed-upon completion. Uh, yeah. And now what you're describing about the markets and even price changes, we get to the end of the year, you get into January and price changes, what used to be, um, topsy-turvy for market reasons is now topsy-turvy for world reasons. So I that's... I that, having yeah. dealt, trying to order some things. We own a yeah. business, so I'm well aware of all the things that are affecting it. Yeah, um, yeah, just extrapolate that into remodeling and, you know, just the problems you're having at work, same thing. It just, uh, and yes, that's exactly why we are a construction company went so deeply into the design just because if, you know, if somebody doesn't order that product, we're in trouble. So we wait and then the customer waits and the only one the customer can complain to is us, even though we had nothing. So now we got, it's like, you know what, if we're going to be accountable for completion, we want to control the parts going into it including buying and, and warehousing and all those things. So just you're going about it just the right way. So when you warehouse them, then do you also check them, or is that up to me to do that? No, we, we check them as well. Um, you know, but I, we don't typically order cabinets, you know, if the, because we have a very reliable cabinet supplier. We deal with three or four different cabinet suppliers. And depending upon, you know, whether you want furniture-grade cabinetry, custom-made cabinetry, you know, box cabinets, standard box, you know, all that, we factor that into it. So we do warehouse. And sometimes we'll warehouse it at your home if we can, or we'll put a pod on for moving your furniture out because getting all of your furniture and all your stuff out of the way makes the project go much faster and all the tradesmen get to focus on their work instead of, gosh, I now have to cover up this table, you know, adjacent or whatever. Perfectly. So I think what I'm hearing you say is if I have it definitely in mind, I want to do this, which I do, I could go ahead and begin working with Mosby and the design project and all that. And then we could figure out at what point we're going to start it. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Your your happiness is our hat. The same things that make you mad make us mad. So <laughs> if we if we get to, you know, it's like, all right, now it does de- define deposits. Okay, we're going to order this cooktop. We need a 50% deposit on the cost of that cooktop because, you know, our supplier isn't willing to, to sell it to us without some commitment. So, you sure. know, it does change some of the money flows up front. And that's my problem. So I understand that. So, uh, I appreciate the information. I've been trying to tell myself it was worthwhile to start, and then I got worried. I thought, well, if I pick out a whole bunch of things that are going to be discontinued, and I, I built a house recently in another state, so I'm well aware of all the things. Yeah, you know how it goes then. Yeah, but that actually went very smoothly. I was very fortunate. So, And we're not horribly particular. If I had to change light fixtures, I could probably do that. So. Yeah. Um, well, it sounds like you're a planner, Judy. I, I, you're made for us. We're kind of made for you. And, and frankly, if you're a planner, your project just goes much better because changes, you know, just mess with the project completion all the time. Exactly. You know. So last question. If, um, if, assuming I'm going to do this, is the first step to make contact with you all and have you come out and see the space? Yes. Yes, and, and talk generality. So it's kind of like, okay, this is what I'm thinking. This is the time frame I'm thinking. These are the products I'm thinking. So, again, getting together on the vision, you know, literally, what are we trying to achieve, and then drawing a set of plans and specifications and picking things out. So I will tell you, a Mosby project starts much more slowly because we're thorough on the front end uh, and then, therefore, speeds up at the end so it becomes execution as opposed to, oh, my gosh, what do we going to do for this light we never pick that out so the more upfront gets that gets decided the more reliable and happy everybody is it's it's like oh. you know just like the test at school if i study for it it's fun if i don't study for it oh boy it's tough <laughs> exactly well that's my cup of tea so i will be in touch and i appreciate very much for taking my call okay judy thanks for the call bye-bye uh-huh. bye and there we go. That, that is a great conversation, um, and it covers pretty much everything that's going on in our world now, and frankly, what it takes to do a remodeling. Pro- I mean, for example, uh, just building a doghouse. Do it yourself. You're building a doghouse, three feet by four feet, you know, two and a half, three feet tall. How big is the door? How big is your dog? Which way will the door face? Does it face east or west? Where do the winds come from when it's cold? Will the dog sleep outside overnight or does the dog come in? Uh, well, how much heat do I need? Do I need to put a light bulb in there or some sort of supplemental? What do I put in there? How do I clean that surface that the dog sleeps on? Do I have to crawl through that little hole to pull out the bedding in there or can I, you know, that's just a dog house. So, I mean, the point being that on a small, limited scope project, um, you know, you're either planning and managing or you're bouncing off of all those decisions as they come willy-nilly throughout the project, everyone coming with a delay, everyone coming with a surprise, and everyone coming with a, you know, frustrating thing or not. So, again, plan the work, work the plan. Uh, Let's see what's happening. Go to my friend Joan. Hey, Joan, Scott Mosby, how can I help? Hi. Um, every um, after every season of air conditioning or heating, which all drain into this one drain mm-hmm. in the basement, there always seems to be a smell that comes after I turn everything off, and I run bleach down it. I 
take the hoses, clean those out, and it's still there, and it's making me crazy, or crazier. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I really understand that last one. I was crazy before this whole thing started. Now I'm really nuts. I get it. Um, uh, scrub the pipe. Scrub the pipe. That water comes so slowly, and it doesn't really get a chance to flush the the pea trap in that drain. I would take a bucket of water, you know, two, three gallons, pull the grate off, dump that water down, and basically just replace all that water in that pea trap with a uh, violently pour. Just pour it from about, you know, 18 inches. That water will go right down that center pipe, and you'll replace that water. Before you do that, I would scrub the standpipe. So on some floor drains, uh, there's a vertical pipe that may come up 2 inches, 6 inches, sometimes 8 inches. And along the side of that pipe, you can get all kinds of nasty odor uh, sourcing materials, you know, like oils from, uh, you know, a laundry or whatever. But that is a great petri dish for a place to grow some nasty stuff and it may even though you're killing the uh, bacteria in the water with bleach you really need to scrub the inside of that pipe so basically you know inspect what you expect that that pipe underneath there is not clean uh, the water comes slowly it's dark moist and warm all the time uh, so I would really put a big scrub on that old-fashioned you know German scrubby Dutch inside the pipe with a long uh, bottle brush rinse it and then when you're all done take that bucket of water and just dump it down and just flush all that stuff through and you might be surprised uh, it's a rubber uh, glove job because you might be surprised some of the stuff that is living down there I'm never surprised at those sort of things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, but really there's a there's an organic residue sitting in the bottom of that pipe and no matter what you do, even if you kill all the bacteria, if, if there's a solid down there, you know, say a critter fell in there and is de I mean whatever it is, uh, it'll just keep, you know, it's the gift that keeps on giving. So you really have to remove the solids residue. And we fought this in some shower drains because, you know, a shower drains slowly and you never really get to flush that water out like you do with a bathtub or a sink where you just fill it up and you pull the stopper and all of a sudden, you know, that slurping, um, scouring bolus of water that goes down that drain. Well, I appreciate that. I'm, I'll be doing that this afternoon. Well, it may be the right answer. It may be the wrong answer, but it's a good answer. Let's put it that way. <laughs> it'll, it'll be clean. If, if there you go. <laughs> you have nothing, nothing to lose. Absolutely, Joan. All right. Thank you so much. All righty. Bye-bye. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. Some of this stuff is, uh, you know, commonsensical, but for heaven's sakes, you know, when you don't deal with this, but once every seven years, and, and frankly, I'll have many of these problems myself. You know, my wife will kind of tilt her head and she'll look at me and she'll say, well, I heard you answer that on the radio a year ago. Why are you puzzled about what it's going to take to achieve mm, this? So some of it is just, you know, remembering we just don't mess with that stuff all the time. Um, and drains, smells, odors, uh, all that stuff, it it's the gift that keeps on giving. Scott Mosby, Home Improvement. This is Camwex. I'm thrilled to be with you on this beautiful fall day in the middle of the country here on Camwex. Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show, presented by Suburban Leisure Center on Olive, one mile west of 141. Now, once again, your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. 
All right, back together, home improvement, Scott Mosby. We have, uh, we're finishing up hour one, lots of things happening. We have hour two coming up next. Let's go right to the phones and talk with Roger. Roger, good morning. How may I help you, friend? How are you doing, Scott? Fantabulous, my friend. How are you? I'm doing great. Yes, sir. Uh, the problem I'm having is, like, a, I live in South St. Louis. I have the garage that faces the alleyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you enter into the garage, on my side door, I have a concrete pad there with an awning and three posts that go uh-huh. down to the concrete. Okay. The last pad that's closest to the alleyway in the last couple of years has dropped down about three inches, mm-hmm. and there's a crack there, which I was able to feed a, uh, a stiff electrical wire down there, and it measured it's about six feet deep. Now, the problem I'm concerning about, could it possibly be a sewer line that's collapsed underneath there that's caused that pad to drop? Uh, yes, and in South St. Louis, uh, you've heard about the uh, caves with the whole beer industry and all the wine cellars and such. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In South St. Louis, there is an underground cave system, so six feet may be the beginning. That thing could actually be 60 feet or 600. So again, but most likely, if it's close to the alley, you may have some sort of an erosion issue. Uh, could be just the sewers, like you're saying, but either way, it's something that needs to be dealt with, and uh, compacted uh how big is that concrete piece okay it's a combination it's like uh i'd probably say it's like one two there's like about three pieces that are on the side of the uh, garage in my yard yeah and it's the last piece it's probably like four feet by uh like less than four by five feet something like that yeah still pretty big though either way yeah um, I, honestly, I, at that point, believe it or not, uh, if this were mine, I would try and uh, physically lift it with some sort of a pry bar and a lever and really put kind of a gravel down there. I wouldn't put any dirt or whatever, anything that would be carried away. Uh, see what you can fill it. Just see how much goes in there. But if you're putting gravel down there, you're not going to hurt the aquifer or any of the, you know, the sinkholes, right. as we call them, pretty the much. Part, I can't really do that too much because it's got like a one of the uh, posts that support the awning oh. on the side of my garage yeah is, yeah is, is in there too and i got my fence right there on part of it well i would guess this is what uh, a concrete project like this it's so small you know that uh, slab jacking lifting up that concrete slab with a six foot deep hole you know you really can't do it that way because they can't keep the stuff from filling that uh cavern if you will right. uh you're really pulling that concrete out and the nature of a small concrete project is you either get you know kind of a small hand mixed guy to come in and pour that four by five foot piece alone or you wind up shoring up that little porch overhang and replacing all of that concrete right. there. I was dealing... wondering if you could um, cut part of the concrete out and um, just fill it with gravel or something like that, and then just put like a concrete cap on it. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, you can. Uh, I mean, it, it's I'm not really going to be attractive, but it, that, I mean, again, you're not even sure what you're dealing with here. So Right. I called 1-800-DIG-RIGHT. They were going to supposedly come out in the next week or so. And mark where all the electric sewer lines and uh, gas lines were. Yeah. So if it if it's marked over there, they said they could mark it over the concrete. Yeah. If it's there, I'll find out if maybe there's a sewer pipe there. Or would you recommend that I also have a plumber come out and scope that line? I have uh, a uh, a vent outside a, to the sewer there, like a breather line. Yeah. And it's not it's not in line. It goes like straight back through the garage. But I don't know if the uh, line that to angles off into the alleyway or, or I'm not sure. But if they scope that, would they be able to see if there's a, a pipe broken? Uh, 
yes, only on your line. They can't necessarily see this may be a broken pipe out underneath the alleyway too. Yeah, uh-huh. they're just which may be beyond what a uh, scope can get to. They can't necessarily turn a corner out at the sewer main. Uh, yeah, but but the dig right, the way you're going at it, and the th- way you're thinking about this, Roger, you're spot on. Um, and and frankly, the next step might be visiting MSD Metropolitan Sewer District. Sometimes I'll wind up down there at the engineering desk looking at their maps with one of their engineers saying, what do we do? Now, I don't know what we do now with COVID, but either way, uh, sometimes it's noodling through, you know, what can it be? Mm-hmm. Yep, that'll be my next step, so. Okay. All right, Roger, thanks right, for the well, call. Thank you very much. Good luck, happy hunting. <laughs> Bye now. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, take a short pause and come right back for more after this. Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show, presented by Suburban Leisure Center on Olive, one mile west of 141. Now, once again, your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, back together, we have indeed lots of things to talk about here. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood, maybe a little bit wetter than, you know, maybe we think of too much. Uh, let's go to the phone lines and talk with Bob. Hey, Bob, good morning. Welcome to KMOX. How can I help, sir? Yes, good morning, Mr. Rogers. Yes, sir. Um, <laughs> I've been called that many times. Is, do you have an opinion on uh, stapling versus nailing, vinyl siding? And how does Mosby choose uh, products when they do work? Is it strictly by price, or do they like certain manufacturers over others? Uh, yeah, we do get in. We've been burned by manufacturers. A lot of this on... Um, decking artificial the composite uh all those things some of them have stood behind their products and some just say well we're not making it anymore and you know the lifetime warranty doesn't count so we do pick our warranties we pick our partners on who's going to go to battle with us when we're trying to get a product replaced because we are pretty much you know responsible to the customer for the promises they make as well as us um you know basically you didn't contract with abc manufacturer you contract with us uh so yes we are uh particular about that um uh, it's very common now for stapling of vinyl siding the problem with stapling is you can't really vinyl siding supposed to slide back and forth uh it doesn't uh you don't nail it fast you don't nail it tight um so nails are better but it's really hard to get um nails used sometimes when because uh siding is a subcontracted um part of the world and you can't really control how they install so for that reason we self-perform a lot of our work which is why we have a lot of you know people at mosby um uh, does that get you going there bob yeah, it does. And I just wanted to say, you, you talked about the stapling and, of course, siding has to hang. But, yeah. you know, you can do any procedure wrong. You can nail improperly and have the same result, too. That's so true. So it's all up to the installer, really. Yeah, it, which is training, which is exactly why, you know, we're built the way we are. I, every, you know, I mean, I can't make Joe drive that nail unless I train Joe and I, ha- you know, have some you know control over him and as a subcontractor we do you know we do subcontract work but generally they've been trained on some level by us very good Uh, thank you yeah bob i'm right there with you it it it, uh, no matter how good i look on radio here it still comes down to joe driving that nail (laughs) it does yeah thanks Thanks for the call yes sir take care 
I know. Uh, thanks for the calls. We've got some good things going here. And I want to tell you a little bit more about Bob's question. For example, vinyl siding, uh, lap siding made of wood or cement board, fiber cement, anything, it is a cladding. C-L-A-D-D-I-N-G. Cladding. So it's made to hang like a skin, like a layer, not part of the wall, but hang on the wall. And as a cladding, one of the responsibilities of a lap siding, vinyl siding, whatever it is, is to allow moisture and water to move and drain from behind that product. Uh, For example, out in the desert where there's no humidity, there's not a lot of moisture behind that siding. But in St. Louis, where the ambient humidity is easily 60 to 90 percent, that means that the air is wet. And so, you know, the responsibility of a cladding product like vinyl siding really has to let that moisture change uh, from inside the wall, inside the house, the wall cavity, and then out and drain. Anyway, so there's a lot to that question, Bob asked. Stay tuned for Hour 2 on KMOX. KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center on Olive, one mile west of 141. Now, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, good afternoon, good lunchtime it is, middle of the day, middle of the country. My golly, we're at the end of the summer. Yeah, quite the summer. Uh, We have phone lines open for you to talk about everything around your home. Phone lines 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900, toll free 800-925-1120, 800-925-1120. Topics for this hour is anything you want to talk about. Uh, however, we're discussing little things like shower bench to bench or not. Also, the ergonomics of kitchen design. What about a walk-in shower? How will that affect my life? Also, remodel or move. And likewise, we have a seminar, if you will, coming up. And it is a Facebook seminar, October 15th. The great debate, tub versus walk-in shower. Tub versus walk-in shower. There you go. When you get into uh, staying in your home forever, what does forever look like? And how do we prepare for that now? Uh, I will tell you that as we age, our uh, appetite, our tolerance for home remodeling, Uh, drops so indeed the time to prepare for those later years in life and staying in your home is 10 years before that time when you still uh, are willing to uh, you know participate in the decisions the color selections the product discussions the design as well as the uh, house guests that come to remodel your home so keep that in mind as well but the the great debate tub versus walk-in shower October 15 3 p.m. it's a Facebook live event uh, you just uh, check out the callmosby.com website c-a-l-l like telephone callmosby.com and uh, we'll put you on that uh, register as well 314-436-7900 puts us together right here on camwex 314-436-7900 toll free 800-925-1120 my name is scott mosby i've been part of mosby building arts pretty much all my life my father founded the company we're actually in our 73rd year now Uh, believe it or not i think i've been on camwex about I'm either in my 23rd year or I've done this for 23 years, one way or the other. 
But as we had the playoffs last night, people say, well, how in the world did you get on Camwex? Well, I was one of seven names that uh, the Camwex uh, person came to the Home Builders Association said we're looking for somebody to replace Al Snyder, Mr. Fixit from, uh, if you remember, um, uh, Central Hardware, uh, Mr. Fixit. So anyway, I was one of seven names. And uh, during this time of year, actually in, uh, I guess, late September, early October, there were playoffs. And the playoffs were... Um, settled in four games instead of seven so the fifth time slot for that was come on down next week we'll put you on the air and see how you do so anyway lo and behold i was invited to be on that uh on kmwex and i had no idea uh the total history of came i mean i knew where the cardinals played i knew about bob highland i knew about kmwex talk radio inventor of talk radio all that stuff but to be part of the family was really heady stuff and it was quite intimidating to to become part of the camwag staff because you know i mean this is this is a historic radio station anyway enough of that uh suffice it to say i am thrilled to be here uh you're my best friends i love spending saturdays with you and we're going to get together and talk about stuff around your home 800-925-1120 is the whole toll-free uh, phone line if you'd like 800-925-1120 and we've got some phone lines uh, open right now I'm going to get to one a patient caller. Let's go right to Anita. Anita, good afternoon. Welcome to lunch on Camwax. And how may I help you? Yes, I've got a perplexing problem. My uh, daughter is anticipating or desiring to put a porch on her older home. Uh-huh. The thing is that the foundation is giving. Mm. Uh, she's got brick. And the mortar, the mortar in between is giving. Okay. Topped with concrete blocks. Oh she yeah. Can't, she can't get anyone out to even look at it. Hmm. Uh, well, the issue is it may be more. I mean, it's it's busy time. Number one, the industry is very busy. Uh, COVID with people staying home has made it even busier. Um, and then when you get to a shortage of labor, frankly, we still have a shortage of skilled labor, dramatically uh, short in the country. So again, uh, even if she does get somebody to come out, there's a very limited list of people who will show up to do the work. So I, my apologies. This is some of the not so good parts of our industry. Um, but, uh, you know, frankly, I would suggest starting with a tuck pointer. Do you think that's uh, the uh, first step, Anita? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I I don't know what she, she... I know she's almost beside herself because she's been trying to get... She either has someone come out that has designed a time and they don't come. Oh, my. Or uh, she's had that happen like three times. And she's she doesn't know who to get or what to do or whether she can even think about putting that porch on. What part of town is she in, Anita? Is she in Illinois or Missouri or Collinsville? Okay, okay. Well, you know, for example, now as busy as we are, uh, we typically uh, work on both sides of the river. We're so busy now, it's it's hard to get us across the river, frankly. So even if you called Mosby, we might not go to Collinsville, even though we do a lot of business in Collinsville. But it's just, we're 
it take anyway you're welcome to call our company but because of that same issue we will tell you up front we won't stand you up for an appointment that's not our style at all we make our promises and then we step up and fulfill those as well but uh, i understand what you're talking about and collinsville is a great town we think so <laughs> yeah 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 Anyway, but you're welcome to call Mosby Building Arts uh, and and get some suggestions. We may have some referrals over in Collinsville. Or if you're really at a, there is a Home Builders Association with a Remodelers Council. There are very, very many uh, good remodelers and builders on the Illinois side. Uh, and I think it's the Home Builders Association of Greater Southwest Illinois or something like that. Um, and it's a great organization with uh, many great members. That might be the place to start. Oh, okay. Thank you. You're welcome, Anita. Thank you for the call. All right. Thank you very much. By now. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX off and running. And again, one of those issues, I I had a friend, frankly, um, we were just having the same conversation talking about radio, and he said, you know, I've got a friend. He's trying to put in a pool, you know, a pool in the fall. But, you know, it's he wants it ready for the spring. The, the conversation was something like he said he called 11 pool companies and not one of them called him back. Not one of them called him back. I was surprised at that. But, you know, the business is so busy that uh, smaller companies that don't have dedicated people to go look at the work, um, you know, it's the same guy that's organizing the building of, you know, the too many pools they've already uh, signed under contract. So in some ways, it's a, the way a small contractor limits their workload is just don't go look, go look at anything else and why oftentimes your phone calls go unanswered. Uh, but uh, at Mosby, if we're not coming out, we'll, we'll tell you we're not coming out up front. So again, uh, and generally, you know, anything uh, that is within our wheelhouse of specialty, which, you know, we're pretty full service, so we do a lot of things. Uh, anyway, but you're welcome to call Mosby at 314-909-1800, 314-909-1800. Uh, we're going to take a short pause for this and come back for a, 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 a second hour here on KMOX Lunchtime on University of KMOX. We'll be right back. All right, welcome mid-time and bean-time, lunch-time. Put a few shrimp on the barbie, uh, put a few uh, steaks on the grill, burgers for brats. Yeah, well, okay, enough of that. Let's go back to the phone lines and talk to my friend Scott. Hey, Scott, how you doing? Scott here to call and talk to Scott. Yes, thanks so much, Scott, for taking my call. Yeah. So we used to have a deck in our backyard, and we took it out a few weeks ago, and last week we replaced it with a concrete patio. When the guys were moving the dirt around to level things off, I told them that there was an, a capped uh, sprinkler head somewhere underneath the deck, but I didn't know where it was. After the job was completed, literally minutes after they left, I looked over in a trash pile and found about an eight-foot um, tube or hose with a capped sprinkler head on the other end. So come to find out, they did pull it out of the ground, and they gave me a sense of where it is. But as you can imagine, I'm, I'm a little nervous because if I turn the sprinkler system on, I'm probably going to ruin the patio that I just had poured. So the question is, is there a, a specific type of person that would be best suited and would be interested in help me, helping me locate those irrigation lines that are near or under the patio? Or um, is just about any irrigation company going to be interested in doing that work? And secondly, if it's up to me to do it, 
to go uh, try to locate those lines. Are there any specific tools that you would recommend that I rent, or is it just a matter of grabbing a shovel shovel and start digging around the, the perimeter of the patio to try to find where that um, where that now you know uncapped um, uh, line is going to be? Well, frankly, uh, the way to identify and locate sprinkler heads is pretty low-tech, and it is basically you just turn on the sprinklers and you see where it leaks. So we've done great efforts uh, at Mosby of identifying and marking sprinkler heads, and I will tell you that one out of five times you just miss it anyway. So most of the companies actually do it kind of like this to where there's more conversation that happens that, for example, you know, hey, Scott, turn on your sprinkler find out where that thing is and you make sure that this is located and and removed before we get there uh, because that really is outside of the concrete scope that when it happens that you lose it my advice to you is turn the sprinklers on and you uh, go out there and look for wet spots because if they put it underneath the the patio which I doubt if they pulled an eight foot section out they probably pulled it out from underneath the patio you're going to get a wet spot around the side or close to the edge and frankly you just find where that is, uh, work back to where you think the, uh, the irrigation pipe or tube is, and then cap that off. It's pretty low tech, and no matter how much effort we put into finding these things, I mean, for additions and everything, I mean, until we dig that foundation, we generally still run into something that's not properly marked because it's all plastic. You can't use a you know a, a a wire finder to find where these things are so you're kind of frankly you're you're where you are and um with a lot of preparation up front you probably would wind up here anyway so you know it's it's so, not a big risk to have this thing run i mean if it runs for half an hour that's a problem but i bet within five minutes you know where this thing is so we did. My, my irrigation guy came over, and he was pretty confident that it was either zone 5, 6, or 7. And we ran those for about 10 seconds, each of them, just to see. We thought that there would be not enough water pressure. If, if, it, if we located the zone, we thought there wouldn't be enough water pressure to push up the other sprinkler heads on that zone. Right. But when we ran 5, 6, and 7, all of those sprinkler heads popped up. Um, and my concern was just letting it run and then, you know, water... Yeah. pushing out the rock underneath the patio and the patio not having a good foundation and not curing just yet. Is that is that me being a nervous Nelly or is that uh, a legitimate concern? Both, both. But I would call that uh, concrete contractor up and say, what did you do with the other end of that eight-foot pipe? Because generally they'll know. I mean, frankly, all it takes is a plug and a uh, uh, a hose clamp. So hose clamp. So oftentimes you'll find these concrete guys just pull it out, cap it, and put it back under the ground. I'm embarrassed that they didn't have a conversation or drive a stake into the ground. That there's no excuse for that. Uh, but uh, you know, give them a call and find out. A little bit of checking uh, may tell you exactly the answers to that. Gotcha. But I mean, you're not go, go upstream about- to the source of the data and, and look, you know, find out where it is. And no, I, I frankly, I wouldn't worry too much about it. Eight seconds, I'd, I'd run this stuff for longer than that. If they properly compacted and prepped this area under the concrete, it should be able to handle water anyway. Got it. And right, water on, on water around new concrete is a very good thing. Anything that slows down the curing of concrete and cools it off, like water under or water over, makes the concrete stronger. So I wouldn't be quite so afraid of this, Scott. Um, and my apologies for the industry. Poor, poor communication, no doubt about it. But even with the best of preparation, I'm amazed how many times we're out there with low-tech looking for water on you know wet spot in a yard. So... 
Got it. Thank you. All right. Good luck, my friend. Okay. Bye now. And again, uh, there it is. Uh, golly. Um, and we run into this, uh, you know, with the yard uh, services. Likewise, they say get out there with, you know, with a, a sprinkler flag and mark where your sprinkler heads are so that when we come and, you know, do the aeration, which means, you know, core the little plugs in the yard that they don't run over those sprinkler heads. Well, lo and behold, you know, the only way I've ever figured this out is turn on the irrigations, go from station to station and, you know, put a flag around it or spray around it. The spray I've learned not to use because you know it lasts there for a couple of months uh, so anyway uh, just keep in mind oftentimes even with the, the best efforts and I and I've talked to sprinkler companies you know it's like come on over I want you to run this through and tell us where the sprinkler heads are it's like well can't you do that I mean basically you're gonna miss them anyway uh, because you never know where the valves are some of the valve covers get covered and all that anyway 314-436-7900-800-925-1120 let us talk to Charmaine hey Charmaine's Scott Mosby here. How can I help you? Good morning. How are you, Scott? Fantastic. Good day to you. I hope you can help me with this. I have um, the fan, the stove fan that, you know, puts pushes the um, air outside. Mm-hmm. The taco switch on there, the on-off switch has stopped working. It's just... It doesn't work anymore. I can't, I can turn it, I can't turn it on. I can't turn it off. It's just real... It's just like uh, nothing's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What can I do to um, replace the switch itself? Is, is, is that a hard thing to do? Do I have to unscrew the whole thing to get to it? Which it looks that's how it appears to me. I have to, I have to take this whole piece off to get yeah. to the toggle switch. After I take that off, what do I need to do? Uh, the toggle switch gets uh, toggle switches and light switches. Uh, things we touch a lot wear out first. They're mechanical and they just flat wear out. So not at all unusual here for that uh, to hear that. Uh, so keep that in mind. Uh, it's just not a big deal. Um, but as you remove their panel, there'll be some sort of a panel, and it may be the whole bottom of that uh, unit that comes off. And then there'll be a little uh, nut, kind of a round nut, that takes the toggle switch away from that metal panel. But by removing the panel, you'll expose a couple of wires that just clip on the back of that toggle switch. You can probably take that toggle switch to a hardware store or an appliance repair, or you just call up an appliance repair person to come out. They may have something like that you know, on the truck. It's not a big deal, but uh, if you use it a lot, it just wears out, and you know, not not an you know, it's just the the weakest link in the things we uh, touch every day. Well, I thank you for that because I was concerned because as the as it's getting colder, yeah. it's hard to keep the windows open and everything. But and, yeah. and I didn't want that air to you know permeate the entire house that cook smell. Yeah, so yeah. I was, and- yeah, it's, it's usually pretty easy to change, although I will admit, you know, I have a lot of skills, and if I can't figure out which four screws to take off or six to, to open up that panel, you know, I'll call the appliance repair guy because I know how to change a toggle switch. I don't necessarily know how to remove that panel, you know, without messing That's something up. That's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing. Well, thank you, sir, for your oh. advice, and I appreciate it. All right, Charmaine. Good luck. Thank Bye. you. Bye-bye. All right, lots of fun things we're talking about and, and preventive maintenance. So now's the time to get into some of this work, you know, before it's 12 degrees outside. Now is the time to get to it. Um, so let's take a short pause and come back for more on University of KMOX right here on The Voice of St. Louis. 
Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show, presented by Suburban Leisure Center on Olive, one mile west of 141. Now, once again, your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, back to KMOX, and we are live and lively here. Scott Mosby, we're wrapping up the last half hour of our two-hour segment of the Helitech Home Improvement Show. Let's go to the phones and talk to my friend Leo. Hey, Leo, good afternoon. Welcome to KMOX. How can I help, sir? Hi, Scott. Um, I recently had my water meter changed. My water meter and my main cutoff are inside my foundation. Okay. Um, I live alone. I was getting crazy bills, like 225 gallons a day for a single person, and hmm. I could turn my my water off, and my meter would continue the recovered usage. So. That was a, a cubic foot meter. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. And so it was replaced with a digital gallon meter. Yeah. And um, the meter runs when I'm not using water. And I've done the checks on my toilets, the leak tests. I don't have any faucets on. I don't have any outside faucets leaking. So my question is, where and I don't have any water pooling any place, you know. Where could I be lo- losing water, but have no evidence of it? Um, you can have toilets that run; they run very slowly. Uh, they, uh, I don't know that they can justify a two hundred dollar a month water bill, but you can have toilets that leak very slowly and you can't really hear it, you know, especially if you have any impairment to the hearing, they can run. You just kind of open the bowl, you know, put some uh, food coloring in the the tank. I've done the leak test. I've done it with, you know, the the water company gives you the little pills to put in the tank. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't turn, no, it doesn't leak. They don't leak. I mean, I don't, I... I've done some pretty strong homework on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's got if it if it's going through the meter, it's got to be going down a pipe someplace, right? Uh, yes, kind of. I've um, yes, kind of. By having the meter inside your house. Uh, it's really, uh, I, I agree with you, it, it needs to be going somewhere because you're responsible for everything inside the house, down line of that meter. Sometimes when right. it's out in the yard, you can have leaks in the yard and not know it like right. this. No, I, oh. I understand that. I, <laughs> I, I, I've done some, I watch enough TV programs to know how to run a, a, an investigation. You know, I'm an expert on following the lead, you know, follow the water and, yeah, it's, and, it sounds uh, like you're doing you know, pretty well. I mean, it's like, have you ever heard of these water meters just running, not being defective? Uh, uh, no and yes. Uh, I have been party to, uh, for example, the water company turns pressure down at night and up at different times of the day to anticipate flow and pressure demand. So 7 o'clock when we all get up and take showers in the morning, they up the pressure because there are a lot of holes in the lines because everybody turned on their showers. So they do have pressure go up and down a pretty good amount, and I've seen water meters without having any water on. I've seen the pressure push the water usage forward to where it logged the 
water pushing past the meter, but the meter can't run backwards, so it doesn't reset when the pressure drops and it goes back. So you incrementally are measuring water that's only moving back and forth and not really being used inside the house or by the customer. With a new digital meter, I don't know how that affects, because this conversation is probably 10 years old with the old mechanical, you know, water in the pit, you know, water meter in the pit conversations. But I would, frankly, shut off your uh, water, uh, shut off in the house when you're not using it and see what happens there, um, you know, so to where when I just... do that, Yeah, when I do that, the meter does stop. Yeah. It does not record anything. But if I turn it back on... It starts recording, well, Usage. 0.31, yeah. 0.31 gallons in five minutes, which in the course that's, of an hour, that's like four gallons. Yeah, that's a lot of water. That, so so yeah. that's four gallons, that's 100 gallons a day that's, not, that's going someplace through the meter. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it's going to my bill. <laughs> so. Well, it's, with a digital meter, that water is flowing somewhere in your house. Uh, it, it is possible. Uh, have you checked your uh, hot water heater for any kind of overflow at the uh, pop-off pressure valve? Because if you cook, you know, if you have really hot water, you can have a pressure valve that bleeds about that much through just to keep your tank from overpressure. Right. Well, but if I, I, my my basement floor is dry. Yeah. Okay. If I was, if I was, if I was leaking in the house a hundred gallons a day, yeah, I think I noticed it. I agree, but <laughs> I agree. I, I don't know what to tell you. You know, okay. Leo, you're in the big well, leagues, brother. It's an it's a logic question. It has, I mean, there's a logical explanation, I think, which is the meters defective. I don't think so. Not with a new digital. Some of those meters are made. Uh, I mean, if you can record that kind of flow, standing there watching it, water's going, yes. water's moving, you know. And if if your meter doesn't move backwards, you know, which I think the digitals will kind of, you know, flow backwards. Frankly, uh, you're using hmm. some water somewhere, or it's leaking somewhere. I wouldn't know where to look. Okay. I would Thank have. You, Scott. Yeah, I would. My next step would be a, a good analyzing plumber. You know, old school plumber that saw more than you ever imagined. You know, one of those guys. Okay, I appreciate so, it. Yeah, I, uh, Leo. Okay. Frankly, I've been to a few of these things. What you're going to find is you really are the smartest kid on the block because you're motivated. You know, it's cost you money not to figure it out. You're going to find out that you really are pretty sharp on this. <laughs> it's a it's a challenge at this point. Yeah, yeah, I know. Now it's getting personal. I get it. Good luck, Leo. <laughs> Thanks. All righty. Bye now. And th that's it. We get involved. You know, by being the guy on the radio, we get involved in some of these things that are just crazy. And we've seen these meters move back and forth, but that's a 10-year-old experience there. Um, and we've had, uh, um, you know, frankly, um, heated slabs, you know, hot water floor heat you know where there's leaks under the floor and the filler valve automatic so i've seen that happen but anyway it's a big deal when and uh, it does happen and leo all i can say is you're not alone somebody else has dealt with this i don't know how to help you there next up let's see what's happening with larry hey larry scott Bosby here how can i help yeah hi scott yes sir. i've got a situation i've got a flat roof building with air conditioners 
The roof is shot. Um, I've got to put a new roof on. Mm-hmm. I was going to go with the you know, the new uh, CPO coating and uh, you know a half inch of base. But then someone, uh, one of the roofer people or contractors, mentioned a something called Gecko silicone roof coating. It's a liquid. I think it comes from Europe somewhere. Mm-hmm. And you pour it on your roof or spray it on your roof. And this is going to be going on, in my case, it'll be going on the, the either the half-inch uh, base so, that they would put on the roof. Yeah. Or it would go directly on the one-by-sixes that are sitting on top of the, uh, uh, you know, the two-by-tens yeah. or twelves. So I, I wonder if it was any good for that purpose. Uh, if you know anything about it, uh, the liquid products are good products. They do shortcut the rest of the work. So, in my opinion, pulling off the old roof, putting down a new sloped substrate that slopes toward the right drainage, whether it's at your parapet wall or a roof scupper or something like that, uh, these are sold as price point products. The product is good. But where the big money savings is, not necessarily whether you buy a TPO membrane or this liquid applied stuff, it's the other eight steps of surface preparation, slope, and insulation that get um, abbreviated where the money is saved. So basically by you receiving fewer um, uh services you pay fewer dollars so my opinion is strip that roof off strip off the uh, underlayment uh, put down a new sloped substrate whether it's one inch half inch or whatever half inch is not enough I don't think one inch is enough in my world Uh, and then put on whatever product but by the time you get to doing all that correct homework you know, it's like a paint job. A paint job can cost you $100. The guy comes in here an hour later, he's got a gallon and a half on the wall, and he leaves. Well, that doesn't mean that the he just painted the dust. He didn't do any surface prep. He didn't do any caulking. He didn't do any scraping. So my opinion is there is no shortcut. And frankly, when we replaced the flat roof on our warehouse at Mosby, we did go with the TPO. And, and, and it, the, it was painful because we did the whole thing because that's where the length and life of that good product, liquid included, if you put liquid over all that homework, you'd have a good roof there. But frankly, I just go with the time-tested TPO was my personal uh, experience. Okay, thank you. You bet. There's no shortcut uh, unless you want to do it again. So that's my opinion there. All right, Larry, good luck, my friend. Uh, let's take a short pause here on CAMWEX and uh, see what's cooking here. Scott Mosby, University of CAMWEX, I am at your service on the Voice of St. Louis. Thank you for joining me on this wonderful Saturday right in the middle of the country, and it is fall upon us today, a few uh, sprinkles and raindrops from the sky. Uh, so anyway, let's go to the phones and talk to my friend uh, Pat. Hey, Pat, Scott Mosby here. Good afternoon. How can I help? Well, I have a pretty simple problem compared to the others. <laughs> I spilled vinegar on my marble vanity top, and I got this dull area. Is there yeah. anything I can do about that? Uh, yeah, it needs to go back or get a pro to come out because basically they um, polish 
or grind with a stone and uh, a liquid. It literally melts the surface of the stone and creates that gloss and that glaze. You basically put acid on marble and removed that top section so you actually have a pock or divot in the top of that top and it it can be improved um, uh, but the tough part is going to get somebody out there to do this on site or remove the countertop take it back to their uh, shop and have them do it where they can really you know get at it yeah it's a big deal and who does that uh, stone people, whoever supplied that marble top or whatever, but uh, the find a stone supplier in town. There are many fabricators. You're welcome to call Mosby. We can refer you to some of the stone fabricators that we use. Um, but it's a it, it's uh, it's a highly skilled part of work and it's something not often done because you may find out you know that this thing's going to be three or four hundred dollars to polish this thing plus the cost of the plumber to pull it out and you can buy a new top for you know eight hundred dollars you know or something all right thank you very much yep be prepared good luck pat bye bye now and let's go up and see if we can get to jim here hey jim scott good afternoon how can i help hey scott just uh thought on the guy that called with his water meter running uh could be an outdoor sprinkler system Ooh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I had that problem myself. Really? So I haven't, yeah. Check the, the flow in the outdoor out there. Yeah. Right. That's where you could lose 100 gallons and not necessarily note it. Yeah. But anyway, that was just for him. I had a question also. We had a Nest thermostat installed. And since then, I noticed that when we have it set to run the fan only for 15 minutes an hour, mm-hmm. that the fan on the compressor outside the house also runs and that doesn't seem right to me no um, it doesn't uh, how uh, how new is your system uh well the system itself is oh at least five years old but it was a few months ago that we had the nest thermostat yeah. installed and then it took me a little while to catch on hey why is that running when i just have the fan running yeah, I don't think that's correct. Uh, just I'm the, I'm coming from the same place you are. There are some variable speed air conditioners that when you only need a little bit, the air conditioner will, you know, condenser will go on and just give you a little bit, but you're in the top end, end of uh, air conditioning. And, and, you know, so if you've got a really high quality, high end expensive unit, it could operate like that. So the uh, is it possible that the fan on the condenser is running without the condenser? Is that all one and the same? Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, usually when the fan comes on, it's possible the fan runs without the compressor, but it's unlikely. The fan comes on, then the compressor fires up, and then the fan is to move the air past those uh you you need you need a real good uh, AC guy to come in that knows Nest because those electronic thermostats uh, have a lot of settings on it. So you may have as the homeowner the setup of six items, but those electronic thermostats may have two layers deep. But you really have to be you know quite well schooled in those electronic. You know I, I've seen those in the Honeywells. I've seen those in the professionally supplied, and I would be surprised if Nest didn't have all those bells and whistles too. Okay. Very well. Okay. Thank you so much. Either way, you're calling a wizard that knows more about those Nest thermostats than you or I do. That's that's the next step either way. I think I'll call back the the outfit that installed it and see what they have to say. 
Yeah, okay. there, that, that's a place to start for sure. Uh, I mean, if you or I went in there, my gosh, we could really mess something up. We could, you know, hit the ejection seat, and all of a sudden, the roof opens up on the Aston Martin. You know, James Bond, we're out in the out in the world. Poof. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you. All right. Good luck, Jim. Thank you. Scott Mosby, home improvement and some of that home automation stuff, uh, the Nest, you have the ability of setting and controlling, turning the fan on and off from remote locations. So when you travel or if you can't get home uh, uh, on time or uh, you've been away and the temperature rises and you want to turn the cooling down or the heat up this time of year, you wind up setting for the air conditioner. All of a sudden you realize, wow. So it's 55 degrees inside the house. I need to warm it up before I get home. So the home automation is also part of just changing thermostats, doorbells, cameras, all this stuff being kind of uh, uh, advanced by the Wi-Fi or the wireless ability of doing this uh, over a Wi-Fi signal. Uh, there are also radio frequency items uh, that do this as well, lighting controls, all that stuff. The more you automate, the more you need to know or the closer relationship you need with somebody that really knows that. So again, just getting uh, a new piece of um, electronics on your home uh, may make you even more dependent but it also makes you more powerful from remote locations so much to talk about stay tuned here on camwex for what's coming up all day on camwex